This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, Shelby Joe Long here, Senior Vice President of the Strategic Advisor Board. Love hosting podcasts, and especially when I have the opportunity to talk to genius entrepreneurs, people that have created businesses out of their expertise with hopes to influence the world, to educate others, and to just live their passion. And it's so fun to listen to these stories to inspire you to think about your expertise in a different way. And it sure helps me. So today is no exception. We are talking to Manaz. I'm going to let her introduce herself and her business of Samadhi Yoga. And so Manaz, welcome to the interview today. Uh, Happy that you're here. Well, thank you, Shelby. I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me. And yes, my name is Manaz. Last name, I, I I told you, you don't have to worry about the last name. It's <laughs> longer than the first name, Jahangiri. But anyway, I am the uh, owner and director of Samadhi Yoga. And Samadhi Yoga actually started back in 2008. So I uh, started out as brick and mortar yoga studio, opened a second one around 2015. And actually closed them both. So 2018 is when I needed to take a break. My internal compass was saying, you need to just take a step back consciously, totally out of choice and redirect where where I want to go. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay. So my internal compass was accurate uh, because it would be a lot, a lot harder um, trying to run one or two studios during the pandemic, but I did start teaching online. So now it's an online membership platform. I teach live classes every day. So we do yoga Monday through Saturday and Sundays we do meditation. And my video library is up to over 600 classes now. And the classes include yoga. They include two different styles of yoga, three different styles, vinyasa yoga, hatha yoga, yin yoga, includes Matt Pilates and some meditation classes, and then some specialty classes like yoga for back pain, yoga for injuries, you know, yoga to energize the body. So I try to cover as many categories as I can to help people out. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Let's, let's unpack some of those things. So (laughs) this whole movement, I want to talk about kind of the, the breaking points or not the point where you realize that the brick and mortar businesses are, it sounds like you're a solo entrepreneur and that's a, that's a lot to be running for, for a solo entrepreneur, two studios, managing two studios. So, so I kind of understand that. What was, what point did you realize that maybe it's time to get out of the brick and mortar space and move into a different space and, or think about something different? Yeah. Honestly, Shelby, I, really, it was my last option to actually close. I really loved the communities that I created. I love the interaction with the students. I love the interaction with the teachers because I did teacher trainings and I would mentor a lot of the teachers. I loved all that. But there are so many other aspects of business, as you know, you know, especially when there's a space, you know, you've got, you've got your rent, you got your bookkeeping, you got your marketing, you know, how do I stay ahead of the competition? 
Um, and I think at that time also, um, there was this fad around yoga and music, dance music <laughs> from yeah. a lot of studios. And it was the playlist. And I was like, okay, th this whole yoga thing is getting really watered down. And it's really other fitness facilities using the word yoga, but adding other elements that really didn't make it quite yoga. It was partial yoga. And, you know, and, and a lot of people, because the one studio was in a small town, it was very hard to stay in business in the sense that people almost were like cattle. They just kind of all go to the new thing and the next thing, you know? And I just, I got to a point where really I loved it. I, I do love running a business, but I love the teaching more and I love helping people more. It got out of balance. I was working seven days a week. I mean, it was nonstop because the studios, both of them were open seven days a week. So at one point I was dealing with about 25 teachers at the two different studios. Wow. I'm dealing with, I don't want to get into the dollar amount of rent. And it was just right. a lot. And then the teacher trainings, which I love, really took a lot of energy. So I was like, and it was, I mean, I had help, but I never had especially one person for, you know, it, it never got to a point where I can comfortably pay people what I would want to pay them and have them be full-time employees. So the most of the weight was on me. And no matter what you love, how much you love it, there's a breaking point if you don't Absolutely. have balance. Absolutely. And then it's, it's fine. I, I, I want to ask about if your entrepreneur influences, because I, I wonder if your family had something to do with that too, that made you passionate about starting your own thing and doing your own thing. So I think that's a pretty big, big part of that. But, but also in that transition between the brick and mortar and moving to sometimes it's not a clear path of like, well, I'll just make it an online program or a membership community. Sometimes it's a so I just need to step back and then it emerges. So did, absolutely. What was that process like? So that process was completely, it was the most shocking experience of my life. I mean, talk about giving up your community, your identity, what you do seven days a week for 10 and a half years, and then nothing. Yeah. It is one of the scariest things because you're like, who am I? <laughs> you know, but it is so important to connect deeper because it was all outward for me. And all of a sudden it was like, turn it inward. And, and my dearest friend would always be like, you have these great studios. It's almost like a front, but now it's just me with the online membership. So it did not happen. It did happen naturally. It was not what I thought would happen the way it would happen. Years back when I had the studio, I already, I was always thinking about what else could I do? Right. Creatively. Mm -hmm. You do that as a business owner. Mm -hmm. And that's the fun part. And I always had in the back of my mind, I would love to do an online something, but I never had the time or really it was the time to really invest in that part. So when the pandemic hit and prior to pandemic, I wrote a book. I wrote my first book, Finding Home. And I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, I'm just going to write a book because one of my students is a writer and a publisher. And he's like, you need to put your, you have too much knowledge, put it in a book, just, just do it. And I did. And it was almost like therapy for me. But that, is, and just to tell our audience, it was just recently published. Yes. Yeah, so that first one was uh, actually came out pre-pandemic, February 2020. Okay. Yeah. Then I was offered by, uh, not offered, given the idea of doing a journal, you know, like a, a mm -hmm. journal, a self-help, self-guided journal. So when I went to do that, I actually redid the set, that first book. 
So now it's a second edition of Finding Home with additional chapters, and it really correlates with this Finding Home journal. So they kind of go together. So yeah. that was just recently, November, really, but we launched it in February, which was just a couple of weeks ago. We officially launched that book. But yeah, so that transition was hard. Didn't know what I was supposed to do. I had all this genius and talent and I was like, now how am I going to get it to people? So I did some workshops in Mexico City. I did um, a workshop in, you know, nearby, but it still wasn't clear until the pandemic hit. And I knew people were starting to go online, but it still didn't trigger because I was like, everybody's going online. Why would I do what everybody's doing? And my good friend was like, but you're you and then I, they're, they're doing their thing. You do your thing. So I literally have been pretty much only with maybe two or three days off, been teaching every single day online and really loving it because it's challenging in a different way. Am I still effective? Am I still communicating uh, effectively for these people to be able to do it at home? And surprisingly, a lot of the students were with me when I had the studio, their practices have actually improved because of the convenience, because they're doing it more often. And because they need it with the pandemic, everybody's nervous system was just out of control, you know? So yeah, so it, thank God, it became clearer and clearer as, as yeah. I moved forward. Yeah, it's a journey for sure. For sure. Talk to me about, talk, I mean, because you've been an entrepreneur in many different methods and facets. And so now you transitioned your entrepreneurship journey. It's a different journey now. But what, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Was that in your family and your background? Because in my experience, we're not really, you know, I, I, I made the transition from academia into entrepreneurship. And that was something you're in academia, you have a nice schedule. But then it wasn't something you're that taking a step into starting a business where you could easily fail and you could easily not hit a market and where you spend money and you don't know if things are going to stick. That's a, it's a fearful thing, just entrepreneurship in general. So huge. tell me about your influences. Yes, huge. So, um, and in the book, I write about this and my family, just like your family, education is top priority. So the whole reason that my parents chose to come to the U.S. was really for education for us kids. And yeah, so that was huge. And of course, my old school, you know, kind of parents were like, you got to be a doctor, you got to be a doctor, or you got to be in a you got to be have, you know, have something that you're never going to worry about finding work, you know, and you're going to be needed, and you're going to be helping people. So I really my goal was to I was actually, uh, you know, biology major, I was like, okay, I'll go for it. I'll be a doctor. I love kids, maybe I'll be a pediatrician. But as I was going through it, I was like, eh, this isn't for me. You know, I, I knew I wanted to help people. I, I knew I want to be, you know, have a purpose and serve. But um, I actually ended up working in television. <laughs> so I live, you know, right outside of LA. And I just got to a point where I'm like, okay, I, medicine's not going to be for me, not in the way that I think it is. But let me just do what I think I'll, I'll enjoy and that I think has a lot of potential. Let me rewind a little bit. Dad's a businessman. Dad's yeah. a businessman. He didn't want that for me, actually, because it is so scary. He wanted something more stable, like be a doctor, right? You never have to worry about having to create business. You're just going to be needed. So that's definitely in my background. Um, 
and dad did very well and he, he gained a lot and he lost it all. And then he, you know, so it is a scary thing. It's very scary. It's very raw. It's very creative. And it really takes a lot of self-motivation as you know, and ambition and all that stuff. But I was a TV major. And while I was in TV, I, I did enjoy it. Parents were a little disappointed at first. And, uh, but while I was in it, I just, you know, I got into yoga and, and I needed some kind of way to manage my stress. And I got into it and I'm like, hmm, there's something about this that I really like. Sure. And my boss at the time and my brother were like, why aren't you teaching? If you love it so much, why aren't you teach? So I kept my job in TV because I liked it, started teaching. And, but I knew I wasn't going to be in TV forever. I, I knew ultimately I'm going to do my own thing because there's four kids in my family. We're all very independent, very, um, we don't follow the herd. You know, uh, we're not eccentric. We just are independent thinkers. And so I knew I'm like, I'm going to end up somewhere doing my own thing. Don't know what it's going to be. But once I started teaching, I got more and more clear. And basically working in TV and working at the yoga studio I was working at simultaneously, it got to a point where I said, why am I doing this for someone else? I think it's time for me to do my own thing. So that really propelled me. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes, unfortunately, and fortunately, we get propelled when things are not going well, right? And it got to a point where I was like, I'm not happy doing this anymore. I'm not really contributing to society working in television, game shows, specifically game shows. And, and it was fun and it was great, but I was like, what am I doing? And then the yoga, I was like, I know I'm good at this. I know I can teach effectively and do well and help people, but do I really want to be doing it for somebody else? No, I think, I think I, I need to do my own show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now it is a show. So <laughs> it is, I know I was like, I, you know, sorry for using that word, but yes, you know, and talk about being vulnerable and having to be out in front of people. And I think the transition from the retail brick and mortar and then to online, that's why it's a little bit, whatever it's give and take what's easier. What none of it is easy, but again, like mentioned to you before we started recording, I said, my French, he'd be like, you open these beautiful studios, yet you're an effective teacher on your own, you know, like show more of that. You don't need to worry about the fluff, you know, and now being right. online, it's just me. There's nothing, there's no beautiful studio to show. It's just about really connecting, being intimate with each of the students and being effective with, with each student, which was my goal with the studios, but it was just, a few more heavy weights that I had to carry in the meantime. And now I'm like, Oh, I don't have to carry that. I can just focus on this. This is amazing. But of course it's own challenges as well. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and I think it ties to, it ties to just, I think such an important thing is that people might not necessarily be seeking yoga, but they, they connect with you and you and your brand and your passion and your, and your expertise, they connect with how you display it, how you talk about it. it has everything to do with your brand and how you connect with others. And, uh, and you know, you don't necessarily need the fancy studio. You just need you inspiring them. So I think that really speaks to, to the idea of brand. So, yeah. And talk about feeling vulnerable. And, and even though people are like, how do you teach not being in the same room? I'm like, it's actually more intimate. You're yeah. in each other's homes. They're taking me on their family vacations with them. I'm taking them on my trips with, you know, so it's like, it's a whole different connection. And, and 
they're telling me why they're not showing up for the live class. Like I know about them, you know, they know about me. It's a lot more intimate and I think effective in its own way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of vacation, and this is a work vacation for you, tell <laughs> us what you have coming up. It's in March, isn't it? March or April? It's actually first week of May. So first, first week of May. And maybe I maybe I'm looking outside at the snow and I'm like, I kind of want to go where <laughs> where this retreat is. <laughs> Tell us about this retreat that you're doing. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm having my uh, first kind of you know uh, destination retreat um, in Kauai, uh, the Garden Island of Hawaii, my favorite island in Hawaii, the greenest. And May first week of May and. Uh, it's wonderful because right now I have students all over the country and I've actually haven't met some of them face to face. So this is an opportunity to not only meet them, but to be together in one beautiful location. It's, it's really a three day retreat. Um, so I thought, you know what, make it short, make it sweet. Uh, one of my favorite places and just connect to nature mainly. That's what you do in Hawaii, connect to each other. We have such lovely people and just connecting to ourselves ultimately and just getting that break. And I just, every few months, you know, during the pandemic, it's going to open up, it's going to open up, it's going to open up. And finally, I feel like it's a time where people are feeling comfortable traveling, being around each other, wanting and craving to be out there and having somewhat of a normalcy back. So that's what's happening. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I am. I really want to go. <laughs> I want so you to go. And I really, I really think people are craving that they're craving that connection, but then also having the opportunity to work on themselves. So I think that's, I think that's a tremendous opportunity. So where, where can our audience find out more about this and more about you? Yes. So my website is samadhiyoga.com and the, there's a Kauai retreat tab on there. There's a book tab on there. There's join studio. If you're interested in becoming a member and doing live classes, or you can even just do one live class a week and still have access to the video library. Um, it's all on there. And of course, more details about me and, and really the book has some of my background in there, but really it's about finding home and my journey in finding home. You know, as we were talking, I was born in Iran and didn't know what that even meant. I'm like, and here's the part that I did mention in the book is I went back to Iran in my early twenties and I'm like, oh, you know, well, that's where I was born. I should connect. Not at all. I, I I felt like a stranger in the land I was born in. So I was like, okay, it's not a location. So really the yoga practice, the meditation practice, the spiritual practice of connecting deeper is what yoga has helped me to do. And it's made such a huge impact and made me a happier person, one who can fill their own cup and be able to serve more effectively. And uh, I thought it was worthy enough to put it in a book. And I thought, well, that's another way of reaching more people. Maybe they're not going to be students. Maybe they just read the book and use the journal and have that help them out. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that you are the perfect example of somebody that's created multiple in income streams out of their business. And I think there's more to come. You have this retreat coming up, but I think there's other ways to, I mean, I'm in the digital course space. I think there's a ton of opportunity there. I think there's lots of other ways to engage. And I think it's just the beginning for you in this in this online influencer journey. And as we were talking before too, Shelby, about getting out in front of people, that's the other thing. Like I'm so used to being on, 
video and zoom it's like oh yeah i get it i want not got to i want to get back in front of people i'm actually teaching at the yoga expo uh, i did teach at the la one in january there's one in march 18th in fort lauderdale um so it's the florida yoga expo so i'll be teaching there as well and i'll have a little coaching corner and i'll have my books with me so yes so it's i i really just hope to help as many people as i can and trying to get out there in front of people as well well, you have a mission where you want to help people connect better with themselves and relieve their stress. And I would imagine that most of our listeners are looking for just that. So I encourage you all to check out this site, Samadhi Yoga, and we'll be sure to include that in the in the show notes too, so people have direct access. And man, do I want to come to Hawaii in May. Especially as I look outside and it's like zero degrees right now. <laughs> so, well, you know, the average temperature in Hawaii, it's about 80s, right? I know. Yes. I want to go. I want to do it. Hawaii and to be able to connect with others and to connect with myself and give myself that time. So I think, I think as entrepreneurs, we also maybe don't step back and give ourselves enough time to for ourselves to rejuvenate and to prepare and to be in our space and to actually be able to show up to our fullest ability. And we can, if we recharge a little bit. And I believe being an entrepreneur, I think a very strong, it's an area that we kind of gloss over, but it's such an important part of being a business owner is the creativity and creativity really comes from stillness and, and silence. It doesn't come while you're busy and noisy. Maybe you might get glimpses of it, but really the creativity that feels right, that comes from your intuition, that's the stuff you want to be led by, I believe, in my experience with a business. It's got to feel right, the timing, and you got to tune into that universe and, and, and the energy and how things are working for you. And I think taking a break, and that's, here's the other thing too, when I owned the brick and mortar, there was no taking breaks. Right. And there's burnout. Clearly, 10 and a half years working seven days a week, you're going to burn out. So, yep. and now I love that I have more space to create and to be more tuned into what's happening right in front of me and not having to worry about staying competitive. I mean, we have to, you have to as a business person, but at the same time, when that's a big driving force, you get lost in it. And Absolutely. you're doing stuff that is really not necessarily what's true to you and what you think feels right or is right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great piece of advice for entrepreneurs is to make sure that you create space so you can stay in your creative zone. But what else would you say to entrepreneurs out there or potential entrepreneurs that are thinking about transitioning their genius into an income stream? Uh, I would say... Um, I think the first step is to really, I mean, you know, have courage. Courage is not the lack of fear. It's, it's facing fear and moving forward with that fear and, and use the fear to your benefit, you know, stay alert, you know, stay aware. How can you improve? How can you reach the people you want? But at the same time, really staying true to you and being vulnerable. I think that's the part that I really you know, had a hard time with was just being very vulnerable, you know, yeah. and, and doing things so genuinely that, that, you know, that it feels right for you. And, and, and really having that joy in what you do, that presence in what you do. And if you have it, 
and you're really honest with it daily, it's going to attract the right energy to you, the right students, the right audience, the right whoever, the more true you can be. And as you and I were talking to Shelby, we're like, you know, it's the things we didn't want to talk about that seek, you know, not secret. They're not, but things that you don't necessarily want to talk about, but those are the things that make you unique and mm-hmm. vulnerable and relatable. People want to relate to you. I, I that's why I, I don't, I, I don't like pictures. If you know me well, I really don't like pictures. I'll do it for educational purposes. But you know, nowadays you look at like yoga pictures and you see handstands and headstands and these, and I'm like, that's not going to relate to your, my audience. I don't, I don't want you to do yoga because one day you want to do a handstand. That's, that's not the goal of yoga. Go to the music places where they blast their music and they're doing handstands in their first class if you want to injure yourself, you know? So it's really just, just be true to you and, and really connect to yourself. Don't worry about, you know, everybody else, like connect to yourself deeper, even in business, connect to yourself, be true to yourself, be vulnerable as much as it's comfortable. You can't force it either. You You can't force things. So, and not making decisions out of fear, really making, let the fear pass and make your decision from that silent place where, no, that feels right to me. This is, this is what I need to do. I said a lot of things. I don't know if I pinpointed one thing. (laughs) Well, I think there's a lot in there, but the, I mean, I, I talk about this in my book too. The intuition is so key because it's what you feel and you're going to connect with people on feeling and be relatable to people on feeling and telling your story and being vulnerable. And that's where, that's where it starts, especially when you're putting together a business that is around your passion. So. And surrounding your people with the right, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people, not necessarily smarts. You can find many smart people out there. They got to feel right. You know, and, and I have to say, there's a famous designer, her name, I think it's Eileen Fisher, and I probably shouldn't name drop, but, but I was watching a talk with her and she's, you know, extremely successful trying to find a new, this was like a year ago, a new CEO. And she said, it's not even about their resume. Yes, of course, I want them to have certain things. She goes, it's how it feels, how this person, how I connect to this person, you know, that genuine connection and trusting that. You know, because I I was so, I wanted to help people. I would hire teachers because I'm like, oh, they really want to help. But, but I wasn't listening to my gut enough, you know, and every time that I wasn't sure it it was always right. Yeah. You got to be quiet and and, and listen to it. If you're too busy or too noisy, you're not, you're not going to hear it. You're going to miss it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been such a delightful interview today. Uh, Many inspiring thoughts for our listeners about starting a business and not being afraid. And I I like that, that idea of courage. Courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is facing it head on and, and understanding that that's, that's a part of the process. And I think that's an important, important thing to remember as an entrepreneur. So absolutely. I thank you again for providing us your story. We will have a link to your book and your website and make sure that we promote your Hawaii weekend that's going on. And you have inspired our listeners multiple times with how they can think about their genius and their passion in a different way. So thank you again for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. And I, and I love talking to you. And I, that's why I think I say so much because I just, you energize me as well, Shelby. 
Well, that's that's what we need to hear. People need to hear the conversations. It's always fun. That's where you get the that's where you get the real genuine advice. It's not the surface level. It's the genuine stuff. So, and listeners out there, I hope that you were inspired to think about your genius in a different way and to not be afraid to start a business, get your ideas out there in the world and create a business out of your genius. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.